0: I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. As some of you may know, at various times in my ministry, I've been a teacher. And today we celebrate the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, and I thought we might spend a few minutes finding out about him. Now, originally I was going to give you a quiz, but I decided that you probably didn't want that today. Francis lived in the 13th century. He founded an order of monks, and they originally had only one rule, do what Jesus would do. Later on, that was changed to three things which you had to observe to be part of the community. Poverty was a big one, chastity, and obedience. Now, other things that he's famous for, he believed that all nature was a mirror of God and all creatures are our brothers and sisters. We've had two pet blessings this weekend in honor of Francis and his love for all animals. He also created the first public nativity scene, and he is one of the patron saints of Italy, the patron saint of ecology, of families, of peace, and of needleworkers. I don't know why. In honor of St. Francis, I started out thinking I could tell you some fun stories from my family's adventures with animals, like Russell the cat, who could not meow, but could walk. when he walked across the basement floor, you could hear him upstairs. <laughs> or the time my future husband came to stay, and when he sat down to breakfast at our glass top table, there were three dogs and two cats sitting under the table watching every bite he ate. <laughs> But I decided not to talk about those. So let me tell you instead my favorite animal passage from Psalm 104. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the great and wide sea with its living things too many to number. Creatures both great and small. There move the ships. And there is that Leviathan, which you have made for the sport of it. All of them look to you to give them their food in due season. Well, just to be sure, I looked up for the sport of it. And it means only for pleasure and not for necessity or survival. And I love the image of God making something for the sport of it. I love the image of of the playfulness if you will of God but then I had to come down to the real lessons for today the real work the real challenge which was in the gospel it's only slightly related to Francis and is one of Jesus parables and frankly not my favorite one it is a true parable it starts with a situation that would be very familiar to those listening to him. And then comes the ending, which is not at all what the listeners would expect, a twist to make them and to make us think. I realized as I was thinking about it that what was talked about in that gospel lesson is not totally strange to us either. For a while when I lived in Marietta, One of the local businesses allowed day laborers to gather in their parking lot. There were often 20 or 30 of them. Sometimes a truck would pull up and the driver would pick six or seven to work on construction or some other project. Sometimes an SUV would stop and one or two would be chosen to get in and go to someone's home to do yard work or help clean out a garage or a shed. People, mostly men, would gather there early in the morning and many would find work for the day, but not everyone. At noon and even later, there would still be hopefuls standing there waiting for someone to hire them so they could feed and house and clothe their families. Now, I don't know what the, day rate, <laughs> the going rate for day laborers was in Marietta 15 years ago. But nationally or at least in Georgia it's $16 an hour in Jesus day it was one denarius a day so the the comparisons a little bit misleading because workers were not paid by the hour the contract was one denarius for 12 hours work so that would be the normal ordinary and familiar part of the parable Unusual, but not shocking, was that the landowner kept going back to the marketplace himself and hiring additional workers right up until an hour before sunset. Sunset was a quitting time. But as I saw in Marietta, there were still people looking for work, even at that time, who had not been chosen by anyone. And then the day was over, and it was time to pay the workers. Now, most places I've worked, I was salaried, but I've had some jobs where I worked by the hour. And in a salaried position, I would agree to a certain amount of money for the expected work. Generally, I was not paid overtime because the criterion was the work and not the time it took to do it. When things got really busy, employers would bring in some temporary people. And I worked for a temp agency for a while and would go to various businesses as a typist. I was in one such business in December one year, and the week before Christmas they had an office party. I was told I wasn't needed to work that day, and of course I didn't get paid. But suppose it had been different. Suppose that even though I was there only for a few weeks, instead of sending me home, The management invited me to the party and at the party gave me the same amount of money as everyone else was earning that day. And let me say that would not be a merit thing because I am not that great a typist. By doing that they made me the equal of all their other employees and when applied to the workers in the vineyard that's the twist in the story. Paying me the same as other people who would work for the company all year without overtime offends our sense of fairness. Presuming that others knew what I got, it is basic human nature to compare how much the regular employees worked and what they were paid with the time I worked and what I was paid. If I was going to be invited to the party and paid what they earned, the least they would expect was some sort of bonus. And that's the way the workers in the vineyard felt. Either the ones who didn't work all day should get less than a denarius, or those who had worked all day should be paid an additional sum. But Jesus looked at it differently. The kingdom of God, he said, is not one of envy, jealousy, comparisons, or even bonuses for hard work our expectation is justice doing what is right and fair is a basic principle of Christianity and it is what God calls us to practice and to make happen but what happens in this parable is that the ones who come to work at the end of the day are given a gift and instead of the operative thing being justice it is grace Grace is an attribute. Of, I'm sorry. Grace is an attribute of a loving, creative God, who wants to bring all of creation to God's self. When people invite, when people accept the invitation, to be among the people of God, they come from all sorts of situations, different lives, different stages of life. Some were tax collectors and sinners, Pharisees, the sick, the lame. And the answer was, okay. Acceptance into the kingdom is by the grace of God. It is not earned or deserved. It is a gift for which to be thankful. Well, I've come a long way from St. Francis blessing animals, but I want to leave two things with you today, call them pictures if you like. The first is that God is our creator and the creator of all things, and that is serious business. But God also created the Leviathan and maybe the blue-footed booby I don't know. Not because they were necessary for survival, but for the fun of it. Loving God is serious business, but it can also be fun and playful and exciting. The other is that when we are feeling hard done by, doing what Jesus would do may be to see if what is going on is in fact God's grace directed at someone else. And when we can, to remember the generosity with which God has dealt with us, and to be gracious ourselves. Amen.